Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts, I'm P.S. McKay, coming to you from a darker and darker 7 p.m. whenever we start this. Well, it may be 7 p.m. for you, but the darkness of my soul has enveloped me much longer. <laughs> and it's five o'clock somewhere. It is five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it was five o'clock a long time ago. <laughs> how 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 uh, how goes the uh, the journey, DT? Oh, it uh, it goes. Unfortunately, my work has been. Uh, Whooping my ass this week. It's just not been great. It's been a pretty crazy week for me, work-wise, too. I, I I call it the October phenomenon. Something weird happens in October. Things go crazy. Yes. So, anyway, that's enough about us being vague about our pres- uh, professions. <laughs> Agreed. I uh, <clears throat> I gotta ask, and if you don't want to pursue this, that's fine. A family member of yours went to Walden Pond. Yes, a family member of mine did. I now I've I've you know I read Ralph Waldo Emerson. I learned about him in American literature and everything, and in, in high school. You you'd also be wrong. Oh, it's Henry David Thoreau. My bad. <laughs> I learned, and I learned about Henry David Thoreau, which leads me to my next point. Um, <laughs> we never lived far from that place, that very historical place in American literature history. Right? Yes. We, we've never have. That is actually the correct answer when I give you a negative. Um, well, I mean, I... I lived close, but I wasn't overly interested. I mean, curious, you know, some curiosity, but I, I hate philosophy. <laughs> I, <clears throat> in high school, if I had known really the scale of where everything was and how close everything was, or even just had the compunction to go exploring, I, I would have done it. But here's what held me back. Fear Mm. of getting lost. Because there was no GPS back then. None. Mm -hmm. And God help you if you want to navigate through New England without GPS and you're unfamiliar with everything. There is no grid system. That that's true. (laughs) That is very true. So. And what I what I like about living in a city like I do, and it's just interesting because of my driving experience in the Northeast, I can look at any major street, see where that is, and I know exactly where in the city I am without without having to look at a GPS. You've Mm, lived in those uh, circumstances, too. Well, I mean... The longer I'm back home, the more I can track down. 
Right. Well, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, I was always I was jealous of of your family member going to Walden Pond and having that experience. And no, uh, she enjoyed it. You know, again, she she's not a huge uh, thorough fan, so to speak. Not that there's any sort of, you know, uh, hatred or whatever towards it. Just wasn't something that overly appealed to her. So it was just something to try to do. She wanted That's to go thing. see if the leaves were out and something to do. So Yeah, no, that's true. Leaves are coming out now, right? Oh, yes, quite. Yeah, usually always cracks around the mid the second week of October in New England. But uh, our leaves are changing, too. They're dying. They're just falling off, not even, you know, changing to a bright yellow or green. Or well, that is our red pointing. But uh, that's just the phase here. It our leaves don't change until late November. We're talking well, about leaf talk, everybody. It's a big deal. <laughs> what did what did Family Guy call them? The leafers. These leafers, damn leafers. The entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because they were all supposed to be obnoxious New Yorkers. Yeah, New Jersey New Yorkers. Yeah, New Jerseyans or Jerseyites are those devils. Oh, whatever. Well, yeah. Speaking of the devil, sir, what's our topic for the night? Mm. Well, the... Uh, latest Marvel project that has hit the open airwaves. Just in time for the Halloween season, Marvel Studios special, Werewolf by Night. Yes. So we are now going into the supernatural-ish part of the MCU. Technically, Blade kind of made a debut, right? In Eternals. Yes, but let's also not forget... Moon Knight, and appears, well, and of course, Doctor Strange. Yes. And they're they're leaning heavy into the Ghost Rider hints all over the place. (laughs) Actually, do tell, because I didn't catch Ghost Rider references. I did notice that the portal that Ghost Rider used in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was shockingly similar to what those portals look like that uh, Dr. Strange yield, uh, yields. And you know what? If they were to bring back the Robbie Reyes uh, Ghost Rider, uh, what was his name? Gabriel... Is it Gabriel Luna? What was his name? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no. Hold on. Maybe I'll find it. Give me a second. Mm. He was great. I mean, there is a Gabriel Luna. And yes, he was Robbie Reyes. He was great. And uh, I really liked him a lot. If he was to be the ghost writer that comes back in Midnight Suns, which they've all but promised right now. This is true. Didn't they bring back someone from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? 
or or were there talks of that or well they they've hinted like chloe bennett has has you know there, there's been hints that maybe chloe bennett uh, would be back yeah uh, as Quake, which I'd be on board with. You know, obviously we'd all be on board with Melinda May coming back uh, with Noon Not Win. Uh, additionally, I mean, Phil Coulson. I, I'm down with more Phil Coulson. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be adverse to that either. Just, uh, um, <laughs> I just don't know how to do it. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll, it could be explained away in just one sentence. Never mind. Uh, like, mm. huh? You you being weird about this or something? <laughs> like, so. Anyway, <clears throat> there, there's been a lot of hints that the midnight fun or the midnight suns will will come well, out. That's a, that's a guarantee. I mean, they introduced like three of them in this. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I really enjoyed it. Okay, well, it was it was a little campy at times, but also had some of those hints of the old classic horror movies. You know, the, the had hidden all the creature, of the old classic movies. I mean, it was in black and white. And and it was in the same co- you know color grading. Actually, they made it look like it was real film. I know it was great. <laughs> they and did of the course, transition, the, the clandestine uh, meeting buttons. of a secret organization. Yeah, <laughs> complete um, with a narration. Yes, and I liked that narrator, by the way. Um, oh, he sounded like the voice for the Haunted Mansion. Yes. Which Rick I don't know. Is, is he the voice of the the haunted mansion? I'm looking it up right now, but that's. <laughs> oh, it theater. sounds shockingly close. Mm. Oh, interesting. He yeah. did a he did a voiceover on the Flash last year. Yeah. He's. Hmm. Interesting. He oh, he's done. Looks like some Justice League movies. Black Panther, Avenger. Oh, he was the voice of Thor in the Mightiest Avengers uh, mm. animated series. All right, so it's not the Haunted Mansion guy then. It's hard to tell. He yeah, has voices right. in the Arkham Asylum video games. He's done a lot of video games. Yeah, well, yeah, a guy with a voice like that, yeah, you're going to be working. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, how He's much done is done a lot of the Arkham. <laughs> well. <laughs> with all our fan? Rides and Attractions. He, he did the voice of Thor and some Marvel superhero ride. And then, huh. yeah. So no, it does not appear to be the haunted mansion. wasn't bad. No, wasn't no. bad. So, uh, what was your uh, what was your minor DT? Uh, I, I guess I, I had taken enough political science classes that I think I was a poli sci minor. Um, 
And but really, I guess my true minor would be military science because I had to take enough, you know, as part of the ROTC program. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, practical. Yeah, because, uh, you know, of your later uh, employment direction. Uh, I was a cinema minor, DT. So mm. when I talk, I, I hope that you'll understand where I'm coming from. And if you need me to slow down, just 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 let me know. You're boring me already. <laughs> so I flipping loved this thing. It was not, it was entertaining and it was and I've got a tidbit about this thing about entertainment near the end here. But it was very entertaining and it was a nice Valentine's Day card to the old universal horror movies and film Hammer noir horror, universal. Yeah, film noir. Yeah, big on the film noir. Um, which is a, a, you know it when you see it kind of genre. Um, oh yeah. But I loved, I loved how they made it look like real film and it, and it would blip to the new reel. And then you'd see the color grading be different. Like it'd have a darker black to its blacks as opposed to, it was a little bit more faded in the previous reel. That was, that was amazing. Um, Man, I loved the soft focus. I mean, the lighting was just amazing. And this director, do you know what he did? Michael um, Giacchino. Yeah, Giacchino. What did he do? He was a music composer before he did this. This is his first directing gig. Mm. And you know what I also (laughs) learned from this? What? He previously directed the short film Monster Challenge and the animated Star Trek Short Treks episode Efren and Dot. Oh, that's right. I did see that. I, I, but this is probably his most profile one right now. Well, it would obviously be the largest. He's he's doing an MCU project, (laughs) and it was a pretty amazing one uh, accomplishment. I gotta say. Um, Yeah. The first ever. Marvel Studios special presentation, which yep. I'd be game for more of these just random out there things. They're long one-offs. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be wonderful. Or or kind of like a, a, the TV movie. If oh. that translates, you think? I, it, oh, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe we should work I, I on it. I get it. Huh. So, Okay. Well, I know that they're planning on other uh, one-offs. Um, they have to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Maybe I'm not so... Yep. Hmm. You know what would be really neat, though? It, I mean, it's it's. Uh, this was pretty good. It was very entertaining. It was... Production was good. And most of the effects were practical. Yes. Yes, they were. Do we want to walk through the plot? And, you know, Why kind don't of, you, you go know, ahead and do that? Okay. Uh, you know, opening scene, we see, um, well, shoot, I don't know the exact opening scene, but we see a person getting dressed and well, he's yeah, getting ready for a gala. Narration. Yeah, the narration talking about how Ulysses Bloodstone is dead and they'll be gathering to determine who will be the next head monster hunter or something like that, right? Yeah, basically it was, you know, the the head of this ancient society of monster hunters dies 
and mm-hmm. there's they invite all the the greatest in the land to come to help choose a successor and take the Bloodstone. legendary bloodstone which was the only thing that was in color for most of the episode all red it was great wait yeah. most of the episode was at one point it was gray no then in like the last scene it was in color and kind of everything oh, okay. kind of faded to color right. yeah that's right um <laughs> i forgot yeah that was awesome so all right so they all get together and it's this big grandiose thing uh this guy that we panned up to what was his name he's the main guy jack jack thank you jack, jack shows russell up. no i really is it really that should have been the tell god yeah dang it that should have been the tell uh okay so <laughs> They're all there to gather around, in, and Jack meets several other uh, monster hunters. Some have had tens or dozens of killings, and others who have had less. They're all there to to show they're worthy for the Bloodstone. And this mystery woman shows up, whom we eventually find out is the daughter of Ulysses, the person who had died. Estranged. She feels it's a rightful heir. Yeah, estranged. But she feels she's the rightful heir for the Bloodstone. Which they never really said what the Bloodstone did. It seems to. Well, they said it weakens. Oh yeah, they did creatures. say that. But it, they don't say. I mean, I was under the impression that that was the only thing the Bloodstone really did. But it looked like an Infinity Stone, which I know they were yeah. going for. Um. Yeah, but do you no, know, I... do you know the, uh, the the comic history behind the Bloodstone, or otherwise known as the Blood Gem? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, okay. I really, I <laughs> knew nothing about any of this. It just seemed pretty neat. I, I Okay, so I didn't know anything about it either when I watched this. So in preparation for tonight, I'm like, there's got to be a reason why they made that such an emphasis, because... It it sounds a little too hokey to be something they thought up now, you know? Oh, well, yeah, obviously they didn't just make it up because... Right. <laughs> I mean, the Bloodstones were named after the Bloodstone. Well, actually, this explains why. So, like, 2,000 years ago, an, uh, a meteor lands in a, a northern European uh, village, and... Um, I don't know if this character is a, a, a human or an alien, but it's like Ulukaleli. Not, no, it's not that. It's it's on my iPad, and I don't have my iPad with me. It's a very it's a very consonant sounding name. I don't know if he was a human or um alien. My guess is alien, but uh, that alien causes the meteor to break and the bloodstone to come out. And imprint and it gets imprinted into uh, this one human's body, Ulysses. Okay, <laughs> so it actually gives him super strength, everlasting life, fast healing, things like that. Uh, Interesting. So supposedly, the Ulysses that we saw in this coffin, which was <laughs> so cool, how they did that, um, where they had the cranks. It was the- very. 
it was a little campy. It was very like you could almost see it with this movie. This could have been made in 1942 instead of oh, 2022. Absolutely. And that, that I mean, obviously, that was the goal. But man, I, I just thought the ingenuity of of having that that coffin crank open and the. <laughs> The corpse is part of the mechanism. Where <laughs> they basically had him be an audio animatronic. It was yeah, there was a bad animatronic. It was like yeah. the early days of Disneyland. Yeah. Very herky jerky. The guy's literally cranking him up. The the little yep. toady. <laughs> so, you know. Um so in this like I mean basically it's a it's a will, uh, a recorded will. He says, I have I have those who could find the one animal you or monster you've never seen uh, and defeat him. You'll be the one that gets the bloodstone. So they all go out there and they're walking through this property. That's basically an Escher slash Escher, uh, Escher painting slash um, uh, Gotham City. It looks very like. 1920s 1930s art deco kind of serial uh-huh. kind of thing yeah very very um chrysler building looking so they're Following out there a dude playing a flaming tube uh, mind <laughs> yeah. thank you for that reminder so they go out there and they're looking and the this mysterious daughter i think her name was elsie Elsa, I believe. Elsa? Elsie? Yeah, double check it. Elsa Bloodstone. Elsa, okay. So Elsa runs into Jack, and they both get attacked by the the Mad Scotsman. By the way, this guy who I, I was like, man, this guy looks familiar. He has this big Scottish accent, <laughs> like you know, something out of How to Train Your Dragons or Braveheart. Or turns out that's that's Kirk R. Thatcher, the punk on the bus. That was him. Yes. Are you flipping kidding me? What so is he? Some, there's some doing. There's some Star Trek crossover here, man. Jeez Louise. Okay. It's a pretty good year for this guy. He had he had a his his cameo came back in in Star Trek ah. Picard, and he yeah. actually had a, an you know a role in this Marvel uh, presentation. <laughs> yeah. I, I love I movie. love the initial inter interaction with this guy Joven and and Jack at the beginning. They're like, "Oh, is that one yours?" It's like, "No, <laughs> I did fight him a few times." But, yeah. Got this one guy. He's kind of small, a little unassuming. Jack's not a big guy, you mm-hmm. know. He's got some face tattoos. They don't really hint exactly what he says. It honors his ancestors, but they don't really lead into it. So there's a lot of mystery around all of these guys. There's very little character development in any of these. No, but you get just enough. You get just. I it's mean, because it's a film noir. Right. It's a mystery. You're not really supposed <sighs> to know all their background. <clears throat> I was just waiting for Benoit Blanc to walk in. <laughs> or perhaps Hercule Poirot. Oh my God! Really? You know, but you almost could see. Uh, you know what I could see? Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Oh dang! No, don't blow Lee, my mind, Lee, man. 
Don't ruin the, this for me. From, from the old <laughs> horror hammer movies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. So basically all the hunters are fighting each other. Elsa and, and uh, Jack end up uh, in a crypt with her grandmother. Or great grandmother. Yep. Oh, grandmother. Crazy anyway, they're great stuck aunt in or there. something like that. Mm-hmm. They're stuck in there well, and... Uh, you know, in some ways it's kind of like... Uh, God, there's been a million types of these, like, fight for survival. You know, like, all right... To determine the new winner, it's always it's a little bit like how they determine, you know, who's the Black Panther in Wakanda. Yeah, you know, can take ta- challenges to the throne, um, but you know, it's kind of a free for all, you know. And you see them in movies, and I'm drawing a blank right now on what kind of movies have had or TV shows have had these kinds of examples, kind of Hunger Gamesy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bob's Burgers did one for, uh, you know not having their rent raised up in that whole neighborhood. They did that. Yep. You're disappointed you know, with that response. No, it's like <laughs> they all, they all do. There was a, I'm sure there was a, I think it was a Treehouse of horror where Burns is hunting the, the employees and, oh, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. and, and they did it in family guy. They do it in all of these shows. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was going is, was, on here. Wasn't this like the Squid Game? Wasn't it like if you win? Wasn't that it? I don't know. I well, I never saw Squid Game, so I can't really make that comparison other than what I saw from the trailers. But uh, uh, I mean, it was close. I mean, I, I was shocked that they had to make it a life or death thing where they were just killing each other. Um, well, they said you know, like the first guy gets to go in and hunt the monster, but they. They let us, it's kind of a free-for-all, but these guys all started wanting to take each other out before they wanted to kill the monster. Yeah, I mean, and I thought that that was neat, because who's the real monster here? As evidenced by Man-Thing. Ted. Ted. Which is great. I mean, like, you get this horror reveal where he's backing up, and then this huge paw comes out and grabs him. He's like, oh, Mm -hmm. thank God. I'm like, thank God. That's not the response you're supposed to give. But that was kind of a neat twist, too, because then you're like, okay, so this guy who, you know, everybody says is like this legendary monster hunter, and he's actually there to rescue the monster, and they're talking to each other, and I mean, it was just different, you know, I mean, it was... Not a bait and switch, but it was a nice twist. You know, it's like, okay. Oh, yeah. And it turns out the monster's not really a bad guy, you know? No. I mean, who's the monster, really? I mean, we just saw a bunch of humans the mother, kill at the each other. The stepmother. Yeah, the stepmother much. was the worst. Of course, they made her the stepmother so she could easily do that. In honor of uh, honoring her father, or her her late husband. She was a scenery-chewing, like, over-the-top villainess from these and old movies. she was movies. fantastic at it. Like the Bride of Chaotica. Yeah. Oh, God. 
the Bride of Chaotica. Hey, look, Kate uh, Mulgrew could chew scenery when she wants to chew scenery. That's true. Uh, yeah. It, that was that was the fun of, of those, you know, these kind of off episodes, like the um, the Hollow Sweet episode. What was it? The Our Man Bashir, where Cisco plays the evil villain, and Avery uh, yeah. Brooks got to be full Bond villain. Come on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, people jump at the chance to play a Bond villain. Well, it's an easy way to just like. <laughs> shake it all out. I mean, or jump at a chance to be a Marvel villain. Yeah, no, that's true. I would jump at the chance. I learned something very recently. Um, a dist, uh, I believe Christopher Lee, who did play a Bond villain, was like second cousins of Ian Fleming. What really? Yeah. Wow. He was related to Ian Fleming, and he was friends with J.R.L. Token. Tell huh. me this dude was not a fucking legend. Yeah, Jesus. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, these random things that you, you, you learn about when you do the deep dives down the uh, pop culture hole. Right. <laughs> and I tell you. This would have been a if Christopher Lee was still alive. This would have been a great movie to drop him into the MCU. Oh yeah, yeah, no kidding. Good lord, he would have been so great. Uh, he's he was great and everything all the way up until he died. <laughs> and even then, it was marvelous. Oh yeah, it was I, so I have... artistically done. I have this nostalgic thing to go back and watch the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, I haven't watched Rings of Power, but uh, it's not bad. Say, I don't know why people are giving it so much hate. I mean, I do. There's a lot of people like, well, this isn't really what happened. And, you know, you have people of color. And I'm like, yeah, OK. OK, but what? I've tried to enjoy it, and it's not been bad. The story has been pretty good. I mean, I heard it's really slow, and then the battle that happens in episode six is, like, preposterous or something. But, I mean, I just... You said that. uh, I've actually a lot of people. Grace Randolph, I think she, she said something similar about the pacing. Well, maybe pacing, but, I mean, for the love of God, I mean... A few things were more bizarre than the Battle of Pelennor Fields. You know, Legolas sliding down an, an el- a giant elephant trunk. and No, that was pure skill. What are you talking about? All right. How about more ridiculous than his stone leaping in, in the Battle of the Five Armies? Oh, that, that, was, was, that, was, that was preposterous. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was awful. I'm <laughs> like, you're a cartoon character. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I didn't watch the last two Hobbit movies in the theater. I saw the first one. I'm like, this I, this won't do. I, I didn't see any in the theater. I saw them all on DVD, and I think two of them were bootlegs overseas. <laughs> Not your fault. That's the American nope. government's fault. Um, oh, look, man. Uh, 
it would have been kind of neat to have like some horror icons in this, but everybody played their part well. There was all these different monster hunters, this almost Morlock type one was very pale. Was there one was that like, was like a ninja? Yeah, there was a ninja, you know, some like, form of... Would he have been part of the hand? Who knows? I mean, the hand or working for the Mandarin, who knows anymore? It all blends. You Mandarin had... doesn't exist. <clears throat> yeah, you had like three other ones, you know, competing and almost none of them had any sort of real interaction aside from the giant Scotsman. <laughs> no, They're we just got like to see these other people. They really were. I mean, the, the, the woman dressed in white, especially. Um, I believe they were all men. Are you sure? I could have sworn there was another woman hunter there. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, she it, was designed was, very androgynously. It, it was very uh, Gozer-like. Yes, yes. Androgynous. Um, yeah, Gozer, kind of David Bowie. Yeah. All those are the exact same thing. Exactly. Very <laughs> cool, though. I mean, dude. And, you know, it, it wasn't ridiculously gory where it could have no. been. But, it, but was, it was literally the most gory Marvel feature we've ever seen. I don't know how how Scarlet Witch took down the Illuminati was pretty brutal. But we didn't see it on screen. But we literally had blood coming up onto the, the camera lens in Werewolf by Night. You did get that. But I mean, you did get like, you know, Black Bolt's head exploding from the inside. That was awful. I mean, I mean, that movie the, the, was an R. Uh, it was an R until they were like, you, you need to make it a PG-13, please. It, I mean, it was. Definitely with that out of the way, like, I mean, Doctor Strange really start opening the door for the horror to begin with. Well, yeah, and, and appropriately so. And I, I mean, we don't know when this takes place. In the MCU, I mean, it's implied that it's the latest thing that's happened, but uh, is it because there wasn't a ton of technology in there? In fact, all the technology you really saw was old, right? And and but the thing they is, had when I go to the <laughs> when I go to the the MCU Marvel uh, watch it in chronological order, um, I it I can't it, it's not that long of a list. Well, yeah. It doesn't go that whole distance. And maybe not, but it was fascinating. I mean, that could have taken place in the 1940s, maybe. I didn't really oh, see much in the yeah, West. Easily, which, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, with they the did exception that on of maybe the, maybe the shock uh, sticks that kind of looked like the, you know, the, the, you know, didn't they have like giant. Like essentially electrical prods to, you know, keep the creatures in line. Yes, they did. They did. <laughs> yeah. And maybe some modern ish looking tactical gear. So maybe it is new, but most of the rest of the technology was really old. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. 
Um, and then ultimately, the uh, Elsa gets stuck in a cage uh, with Jack, and Jack is right. But what really happens? Well, right. So he's there to free Ted or the Man Thing, right? And he finally mm-hmm. convinces Elsa to help him. He's got right. this explosive that he manages to blow a hole in the wall in so that Ted can escape. But Ted, by the way, I don't know what his powers were. He just vaporizes people. <laughs> Unless he likes yeah. you. Right. Right. So he vaporizes one or one of these guys and he, they escape. And then because they, they put the bloodstone in him, attached it to him to weaken him. And yeah, to weaken him. Elsa uses this really cool capture device that takes it's kind of like a a grappling hook that extracts it so Ted can escape. And then when Jack goes to pick it up, it like blasts him unconscious. Why, you ask? Well, when they wake up in the cell together, it's all revealed that Jack Russell is a werewolf. (laughs) I mean, really? Jack fucking Russell? (laughs) He's... I mean, (laughs) he's a terrier. (laughs) He's a terror. Oh, that's it. Jack Russell terror. (laughs) Come on now. You should have seen that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was. And then, you know, they're they're like, okay, well, since especially since there's no love lost between stepmother and uh stepdaughter and whatever uh you know she's gonna kill her and such and such (laughs) family dramas such shit in these rich families Uh, actually i have a genuine question yes do you think the stepmother was ever really gonna go through with Passing on the bloodstone to one of the winners if her if her granddaughter or her daughter in law didn't show up. Stepdaughter. Yeah, sorry. Did I say granddaughter in law? Really? You said granddaughter than daughter in law. Um, cool. I don't know. She was just so creepily in love with her ex husband and hated her stepdaughter, which was the feeling right. was mutual, obviously. Um, but I don't know. She kind of looks like somebody who would struggle to give up power. Because I'm trying to figure out what was she so mad at. I mean, I guess they were interfering with stealing the monster. So there's that, i.e. man thing. Well, yes, I. and of Ted. course, they're, they're hunting monsters. And it turns out one of the hunters is actually a monster. Right. <laughs> Um, and it turns out the bloodstone can make him turn into said monster five days early without a full moon. Right. So they're stuck in a cage together and he sniffs all over her while he's still human because he want he, he hopes to not kill her. Recognize uh, her because scent. She's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. He's sniffing her. He's rubbing her scent on him, mm-hmm. rubbing his scent on her, almost like making, I guess, almost making her seem like it. His mate. Right. Now, here's where the MCU could have gone. Where most where I thought it was going to go, because that's just what modern studios do. 
he turns into the werewolf. And it could have been this big hulking thing, like nine feet tall, big, long snout, huge ears and like a mane almost. And like, you know, a four foot wide shoulder base with huge talons and whatnot. A very spindly, springy uh, hind hind, uh, quarter legs. Hind legs. Yeah, hind legs. Um, They could have done that and made it look awesome but they had it be a man in a furry suit that was about the size of the actor well so according to this the werewolf design in the special was uh designed to uh you know show the actors be able to show the actor's face a little but it was also very much keeping the human qualities like in the old movies so right. again, I think this went very similar to the, you know, the homage to the old horror films, the Wolfman movies of the thirties and. 40s. Oh yeah, I mean, without saying there, yeah. I really liked that they did that. I thought it was perfect. It was Me like too. suddenly, oh, it's not this big CGI thing. That's that's a human doing these things. Cool. You mean like in Van Helsing, or, well, yeah. or Underworld? Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. So, and and he was vicious. They made him look menacing. He killed like how many dozens of people? He killed probably seven or eight people. Not even because remember, once she once she got out, she, he she killed a few people too. That's true. That's true. And uh, ultimately, oh God, how does Elsa get the bloodstone? She uses the, the 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 trapper thing that she got from her grandmother's grave. Yeah, I think she used that. But then, when she's about to be taken down by her crazy stepmother, guess who comes to the rescue? Jack Terry. Ted. Oh yeah, that's right, Ted. <laughs> Ted. Oh man, Ted. Good old Ted. That's right. And then and then Ted and Jack uh, run off together. Well. Yeah, and I guess like Jack wakes up whatever the next day or something like that, and he's but you know Ted has found him and has a camp, and they're like having coffee together. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally like Han and Chewie because the man thing is saying his own thing, and and Jack's like, well, I know you feel that way, but <laughs> it's, it, it's that's what's great about it, you know. Yeah. In some yeah. ways, it's like when they dropped Han in the hole and, you know, there's there's Chewie. You know, it's like, we're going to drop you in with this fearsome beast. <laughs> no, true. So Elsa gets the bloodstone back and an interesting thing happens. You already mentioned it. It's not like it's a secret. The camera uh, pans around her and things start going back to real color. Well, it starts at the bloodstone, and then it, I think, right. in her hand, and then just seeps starts. out. Yeah. Nice Which my interpretation nice is, is, you know, she finally got her, her blood back, her family back. Her life is not, her life is not dark. It's, it's brighter than that now. Or she got her, her heirloom. The, the blood of her family is back with her. I, I kind of got the vibe that 
you know, there was a maybe a darkness and a black and white to uh, that monster hunting group. Mm, mm-hmm. And that Jack's whole mission was to save his friend and could have killed her and chose not to. So. This is true. So you're saying it's not black and white, but gray with color. Well, yeah. I mean, there's more, <laughs> more colors in life, I guess. More nuance to it. I can take that. I can take that. That kind of that kind of visual change would would alter your perception on the world. Oh my, yes. You know, it was it was quite good. Mhm. You know how I knew it was good? Um my wife and right. I sat down. Oh, you watched it with your wife? I did. I did. And I'm like, hey, Werewolf Night by Night's on. It's a, you know, a Halloween special from Marvel. You want to watch it? She's like, eh, all right. And it starts out like super retro Hollywood. And my wife hates old films. She hates black and white films. She hates the films from the 50s. The, you know, the like, like the big muddy. I mean, those films don't capture her attention. Didn't she like whatever you guys were watching with? Um, Jeffrey Hunter in it. Uh, that was, I think, the Big Muddy. Actually, now she didn't like the movie, but she loved Jeffrey Hunter. Fair enough. So, and who can? How can you not with those pearly blues, man? Jeez, he he had wonderful eyes. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So. Oh, shoot. I lost track of what I was going to say. I got stuck in Jeffrey Hunter's you eyes. You said you were watching it with your... Oh, yeah. Mouth. Thank you. I was watching with my wife, and the funny part was I noticed as the program wore on, her phone started to go down onto her lap and stay there as things progressed. She was literally watching the movie, and at the end she said, Very nice. that was really good. I mean, I, I, it was not the response I was expecting for a, a, a Valentine to classic Hollywood, the Golden Age, or the well, Gilded I Age, mean, really. No, that's that's the Golden Age. Well, what's classic Hollywood then? Yeah, that's it, the the Golden Age of Hollywood. For example, last um, when Angela Lansbury passed, she was considered one of the last stars of the golden age of Hollywood. Mm, okay. I yeah. mean, she was acting and stuff in the 40s. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> we talked about her, but yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Golden age. And I just learned her last film role will be in the Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion. No. I'm looking for... Yes. But really? One more time. Knives Out. You've got to see Knives Out, man. It's got a little bit of some noir-ish detective story in there. Right. Which, but, uh... you know, I didn't grow up watching, like, these old, like, uh, you know... Sam Spade, you know, the Humphrey Bogart, Maltese Falcon kind of things. But Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I found an appreciation for them. 
you know there's a beauty to it that you had to work really hard to get thank you dixon hill oh really well it definitely uh you know you watch it and you're like oh well Jean-Luc Picard likes these old pulp <laughs> noir detective novels. True. I don't True. know. I think I just enjoy a good homage to something. Yes. And maybe I liked this because I find old noir detective films actually boring. Um, like noir horror or, or noir schlock like this. This is different. Um, well, this it, and I say schlock in a, in a in a loving way. I mean, I don't think it's a schlock of a of a watch. No, it was entertaining. It was, it was very. Fun. Was now, it earth shattering? No. Oh, but it was a, that's that's exactly what a special is for—to be a very fun getaway. It was. It was fun. You know, uh, Jack was relatively likable. You know. Yeah. And and you didn't need Gail to know a whole lot about him. Bernal. Yeah, he was he was likable. I mean, he had this kind of humility to him. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have to show an origin story. There also wasn't like this huge. He wasn't like this huge ripped dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. He was a, he was a little guy. I mean, I'm sure he's ripped because he's you know an actor, but you know. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, um, but there was also no gratuitous. Sh- I mean, yes, for a werewolf movie, there was no gratuitous shirtless stuff kind of thing. <laughs> now, what's interesting about this movie, so we both like it. We both appreciated it. It it had its its horror, you know, horror moments in a very traditional classic Hollywood way. Golden Age of Hollywood way. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has a couple jump scares, too, which were, you know, good. Um, there were decent ones, too. Yeah. Uh, here's the funny thing about this show or special. It's ten. It was supposed to be 10 minutes longer three weeks ago. You could tell there was that, you know, it had some hints of humor in it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, any of uh, Jack's interactions with with Ted were pretty amusing. Well, yeah, that's amusing. She's not like, like, what do you call a Ted? She's like, <laughs> yeah. Ted. <laughs> yes. Um, rumor has it that Marvel heard the fan complaints about Thor: Love and Thunder being too silly, and having about twenty goat screams too many. I didn't say that, but someone did. Um, so Marvel was like, oh, this was supposed to be a schlocky comedy because that's what it was described as. Com- uh, was a genre comedy horror. Interesting. Kind of and evil. Then, yeah. And then there they cut out a lot of the comedic elements. And the new description you can see is genre horror superhero. Yeah. I mean, that that's fitting. But not comedy so it's no. thought that marvel took out a lot of the comedic elements in this thing to make it a little bit more 
quote unquote serious. You know what I mean? Well, I whatever they did, the trim down was pretty good. Although I'm curious <laughs> to see the the edited footage. I would, you know, look, I get it, but uh, I enjoyed it. It was what about an hour? Yeah, fifty four minutes. So it was good. Um, you know, the family liked it. My my daughter saw it and was like, nope, I'm out. This is stupid. But <laughs> the son watched it and uh You literally don't need to know anything about the MCU at large to watch this. No, it really is its own there thing. There is nothing connected. So it's its own bottle thing. And yeah, in the timeline it says it's the most recent thing that occurred in the MCU. Cool. So you know, there's that going for it. So um, what is man thing? Is it like, you know, the swamp thing of Marvel? I think he was supposed to be. My Marvel encyclopedia is deep within my closet that I cannot get to right now. So I, have I was one looking at well. <laughs> the ultimate guide or whatever. To I mean, it's exactly like the Star Trek encyclopedia. Yeah, um, mine's like this thick, dude. Oh, uh, mine's not. You know, we're not comparing size here. Okay? No, no, no. My 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 spouse found it at like like a uh, like a book uh, like a warehouse. You know, for like discount warehouse. You know, like you go into a warehouse and there's just bins and bins of books everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it was like dirt cheap because the thing's a huge coffee table book that was probably uh... sixty bucks. In good shape, huh. too. Nice. I really need to break mine out. I have that. I have the World of Ice and Fire. I have my Star Trek encyclopedia. I've got some jams on that stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You got to take that out of storage and bring it to the bathroom. Mm, yes. <laughs> and before we go, I do have a uh, recent purchase that... Uh, we'll go. We'll bring us back to some previously discussed stuff. I'd like to bring up. So, okay. It sounded like you were about to wrap up. No, I was no. doing research on Man Thing. Well, we um, can get into it. Fictional character history publication history. Here we go. Uh, I I don't know. It was tale, tales of the suspense. Astonishing tales. Kazar. He worked with the guy that lives in the the. Badlands or whatever it is in Antarctica. Oh yeah. Um man thing. It doesn't say that it was a response to swamp thing, but uh yeah, anyway. Been around for a while. His name is Dr. Theodore Salas. Mm. Fair enough. So anyway, I look forward to more man thing. That would be fun. Uh, definitely Midnight, uh, was it? Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns, yeah. I would love to see that with Blade. That's what they should do. They should do a Midnight Suns movie. I No, I believe they are. Well, is it rumor or did they announce it? I'm trying to think. I can't. I don't think they announced anything. It was just rumored, right? Uh... I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. 
Nothing yet, but. Uh, oh. No. Mm, interesting. Uh, no. <laughs> not, not, apparently nothing yet. Okay. We got nothing. Um, so. Gosh, yeah. Um, I liked it. And nothing confirmed, I, but they've really kicked around a lot of the ideas. They've they've confirmed the Thunderbolts and Blade. So right, that'll happen soon ish. Well, actually, everything got pushed back like six months to a year. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing because I think that's Feige slowing things down. Yeah. Although, well, hey, let's remember there's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming up. Yes, so. there is that. What's the next TV show? Hmm. Looks like it's Secret Invasion. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Looks like second season of One If, One If, then Secret Invasion. Sec, uh, all for 20. Looks like for 2022. She-Hulk, who aired its last episode tonight. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but their 2022 is, I think Guardians is going to be the last, this holiday special will be the last thing for 2022. Then it says, what is season three? Secret Invasion, Echo, second season, Loki, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and then in 2024, Daredevil Born Again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You let me know how you think of uh, the the She Hulk finale because uh, I watched it. Well, we'll have to talk about it later. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, gosh, I think I've run out of everything I need to say about Werewolf by Night. I think it's a fantastic, uh, fun project that the director, you know. This is a letter of love and and or a labor of love and a tribute to a Hollywood that he grew up, you know, worshiping and being a part of. Oh yeah, the black and white was was a very nice um, touch. You know, it, they kind of added to that horror history. But the fact of the matter is, they showed a lot of deference to these classic horror films from the '30s mm-hmm. through the '50s. You know. You know the the old Dracula and Wolfman and monster movies, which I gotta say I respect, I dig it. Marvel is trying different things in every venue. They've had heists, they've had political thrillers, they've had damn near comedies. You're getting into some of the horror. You know, there's been tips of hats to. I mean, when you had Robert Redford as the the main villain, really of Winter Soldier, and he was in all those political thrillers and shit in the 70s. Yep. I mean, come on. That, that's just good casting right there. Yeah. Oh, Rosa, why'd you have to come back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, I think they did a good job. I, I mean, I, I'd love to see a little bit more. Actually, I'd like to see more interactions between Jack and Ted. 
I think we will. I mean, this is definitely a test of that. I mean, for Midnight Suns, we'd see Jack, we'd see Ted, we'd see Bleed. I hope we see some more of Elsa Bloodstone. Elsa, yeah. With the Bloodstone. That would be important. I wonder if these are like the, the next level of Infinity Stones, like the stones that weren't exactly as powerful as the original Infinity Stones, but these are like the secondary Infinity Stones. Well, you know, you we've have chaos magic, the dark hold, uh, the bloodstone. It's almost like a darker side of the Infinity Saga. Yeah, yeah. By the way, did the dark hold in uh... the Black Knight Sword? Yeah, Black Knight Sword, which drives its wielder mad. <laughs> if you look at the stuff showing up in Phase Four, it, there's a lot of tainted magic uh MacGuffins. Yeah. Out there. As opposed to Yeah, as opposed to the Infinity Stones, which could have been used for good. I mean it also makes you wonder if it's like corrupting the new breed of heroes to make a Dark Avengers. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean don't forget you got Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. That's alien technology. That's not yeah. tainted. Do we know that? Well, I mean, no. Even but... <laughs> Bruce said that they they don't know what they're dealing with. Yeah. And of course, the ten the guy the the Mandarin was trying to break through this alternate fucking demon dimension. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, ninety percent. It seems like. 75% of phase four has been dealing with mysticism and like dark magic and, and things with the exception of maybe, you know, well, spider, no, not Spider-Man Hawkeye, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier had some more. That was super soldier serum stuff, which was yeah, science, and, but yeah, technology. From uh, in in Hawkeye, the, the tech, which you could see maybe circle back around to Armor Wars and Ironheart. Yeah, there's a lot of mysticism, and horror, and and well, magic and, and dark magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thor. Look at the 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 weapons they use there. Zeus's lightning, the Necro Sword. Yeah, well, that's true. The Necro true. Sword was a dark weapon. Interesting. So Phase Four is going for the dark. I mean, Scarlet Witch went dark, real dark. She, Elizabeth Olsen crushed it in that role because she was terrifying at times. Yeah, like straight out <laughs> of a horror movie. The covered with blood, the dead eyes. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, she looked very much like she did in the the mid credit scene of Winter Soldier. Yes. When she's playing and then like she smashes shit, it was. Yeah. Like dead eyes. Mm hmm. You know that. (laughs) Which is in some ways very polar opposite to what you saw her do for most of 
um, most of WandaVision where she's playing perky mom or wife and mom figures that kind of popped out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Well, uh, <laughs> hmm. Ladies got range as an actress, which is good. yes, all agreed, all agreed there, all completely agreed. Um, but I'm just trying to think, how much further do we have to go in Phase Four? We've got uh, Wakanda Forever. It goes through yeah. uh, Ant Man. Is Ant Man the the wrap up? Okay, let's see here. Phase four goes all the way through this year. So, so phase Ant-Man three starts, starts phase next five? year. Yeah, let's see. Phase okay. Films are Black Widow, Shang Chi, to Wakanda Forever. That's it. That's the last one. Wakanda Forever is the last movie in Phase Four. The last TV series is She-Hulk, plus the two television specials. That includes uh, the Guardians holiday, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So Phase 4 ends this year. And all the I Am Groot episodes. I feel like they're pacing themselves through through phases faster. Well, yeah. I mean, literally, Phase 4 ends with... I mean, I don't know what kind of movie Wakanda Forever is, if it's like a a universe-changing kind of movie like every Avengers movie was. It's going to have to be somewhat universe-changing. Obviously, we get Atlantis, but we also... They're going to let us know what happens to T'Challa. We get Namor. We get Namor, but he's not Atlantean. Whatever they're going to call it. I know. I don't know what they're going to do with that either. But everything I've heard, is phase, there's no Atlantis. Phase four was like five years, 2008 to 2012. Phase two was three years, 2013 to 2015. Phase three was... Four years, 2016 to 2019. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. Well. We shall see. Um, yes, we shall. What if they what if they called it instead of Atlantis Pacifica? When war based on the geography of. Africa. Oceania. They can do Ashenia. That's right, because I forgot that it's the Indian Ocean on that side of Africa. Oceania. Eh. Okay, fine. And I stand by it. I don't know. Oceanians could work. It's Anyway, it's a work in progress. I'm just throwing spitballs out. We'll fix it up in post. So. <laughs> hmm but uh, yeah, uh, man, the only Phase Four movie I've seen was Spider-Man in the movie theater. The hidden undersea nation of Talacan. Oh, is that what it's going to be, Talacan? Departure from the Atlantean roots. 
probably because yes. of uh, Aquaman. You think they're really that probably. nervous to do the, deal with that? Yeah, why not? I mean, Tilikan, I guess, would be a copyrightable thing. Exactly. So, interesting. I mean, Namor is technically the first mutant. Or was he the first Marvel character? Well, he came before Aquaman, actually. Right, right. But once you get to the movies, you know. Oh, just a little bit. So. So. Werewolf by Night, thumbs up. Thumbs up, 95%. Yeah. What rating did it get on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes? It was... hmm, Reception. 92% on Rotten Uh, Tomatoes. By the audience? Uh, It just says review aggregator, 92% approval rating. Uh, Okay. Well, interesting. So, oh, here we go. 91%. Certified fresh. No, that's the that's the critics, man. 91% yeah. tomato meter, and then audience score, 92%. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, spooky old yarn with taut economy. Werewolf by Night is a standout Marvel entry that proves Michael Giacano is, uh, at, has atmosphere and skill to director as he is a composer. Yep. There you go. And that he is. So, very good. All right. Agreed. You know, well, my I, friend. What? Oh, what were you about to say, my man? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go. I insist. Well, I was just wondering if you had anything else to add or any kind of grab bag things you wanted to talk about before we signed off. I do. And I want you to stand by a second because I okay. have something. Could have, could have probably gone up and grabbed it while I was saying the other thing, but that's okay. We'll just have some dead air. It's fine. Just talking to myself now. He can't hear me because he took off his wired headphones. But yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm a consummate professional. I do what I need to do. That's what I have to do. So, yeah. Your microphone is blinking. First, let me say, despite the dead air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kept it cl- I kept it pretty full. As you are wont to do. But uh, I can't see it. You can't. No, because well, it's a 2D object. <laughs> stand by, my friend. Then I shall go ahead and fix that. And with this. Oh, there it is. Yep. Wow, that is uh show me show me the broadside. Okay. Yeah. That's a decent book, and it's not a book that can easily go on a shelf. No. No, it cannot. Now, this, uh, the first edition was 2006 from this. So, obviously, this is prior to the explosion of 
um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But still, pretty neat. I, I, I've actually used this a couple of times when my spouse or kid has asked, what's the deal with this person? And then you get little, <laughs> little blurbs on some of these characters. But mm-hmm. I did go ahead and find a couple of these special Avenger comics, Marvel comics, that, if you can see, says, Marvel salutes the real heroes, the men and women of the U.S. military. The nice. Marvel comics that would be left uh, for uh, pickup at the... Uh, at the PX it, uh, at military bases. So it's, it was nice. Uh, you could uh, you walk in, and I had mentioned this before, you know, these free comic books aimed at, you know, the kids. You know, they've got the America salutes you or supports you little icon in the top corner. And I found a couple online try to kind of rebuild a little bit of my collection. Mm-hmm. So. And, and have you read them? This just came in the mail like a couple of days ah. ago, so I haven't yet. Um, I got another one that's coming in the next couple of days uh, that I, uh, I do plan on reading. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to, you know, know what's in them. And, <laughs> you know, I can speak more about them, but I had brought them up as something you know kind of neat and special and something that is probably most people don't know about even in the comic world so i heard nothing about it and have they done that stuff like a lot in the past or well i think it was over about a seven or eight year period that they were putting them out i remember i think the last time i saw one was maybe 2014 or 2015 Mm. Maybe as late as 2016. Um, you think they stopped that? Hell, yeah, I haven't. I, I looked it up. I I tried to find information on Google and, and whatnot. It's really not easy to to follow. Yeah. So. Hmm. Maybe that, that's something. the hard part about uh, the comics situation. They're all so intermingled and so connected but not over such a long period there's no good jumping in point if i was you know motivated i i should probably find a way to reach out to marvel comics like you know try to find a way to communicate and ask for a little bit of a background on how this came about how many of them came out and such you could probably you know, say you're doing something for the local paper or a local publication, i.e. this podcast. I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is a local publication. It is. Although so. technically, since you and I are both on opposite sides of the continent, it is a national publication. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's local to you, darn it. <laughs> So, but yeah, you totally could, Sam, with the publication, thosecifiguys.com, and uh, 
doing some research on some Marvel history here. Just wanted to check in. Yeah. It'd be anyway. pretty easy. I, I mean, that that's what... Um, oh, God. The director of uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. What's his name? Judd Apatow. That's what Judd Apatow did when he was a teenager to interview all the different uh, comedians. I know. I, I just recently, this last week, watched the episode where he was in Comedians in Cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> and they were uh-huh. talking about that. He, like, interviewed Jerry, like, when he was, like, in high school. And he's like, yeah, I did, like, 30 or 40 of these. And they never really went anywhere. But he had pictures with a lot of people, so it was neat. Well, he was able to interview, you know, real comedians that were up and coming or at the top of their game. And somehow he just had the chutzpah to pull it off. I mean... Like, how would you even know how to find someone before Internet, by the way? I think he said his mom had worked at a comedy club. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have his book, Sick Like Me, that I I started reading. That's how I knew about the Seinfeld interview and him doing that at 14. Yeah, I, I just watched him talk to Jerry when they rode around in an old car. (laughs) <laughs> so but uh yeah all right well that's a good uh that's a good find there anything else uh no not right now i think uh this was a good episode i i thoroughly enjoyed this i wasn't sure if i would i mean i was going to a give it a skeptical shot at this. the beginning <laughs> uh, you know i didn't know anything about it i mean i didn't know anything about guardians either and but you know it just, uh, I was like, you know what? I'll give it a whirl. Watched it this weekend of the long weekend, and it was, it was nice. It was fun. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of great stuff coming out. I mean, this past week, you know, you could watch Andor, She-Hulk, Lower Decks, uh, The Rings of Power, and Werewolf uh-huh. by Night. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of choices. Yeah, on top of the fact I'm also watching La Brea. So, you know, you're getting your uh getting your fix on the the sci-fi superhero fantasy genres that we yeah. love so much. Star Trek, Star Wars, and Marvel plus Lord of the Rings in the same week. <laughs> Boom. Well, it is certainly a different kind of age, that's for sure. I know. <laughs> it's going to feel weird in that strange that She-Hulk's over. Lower Decks is almost over. There's going to be like a month and a half where there's like... Yeah, a big holiday break. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Rings of Power, too. Yeah. They're all wrapping up in like the next week. They all loaded within, up in the fall. Within about a week or so. So it'll allow me to catch up on some of the TV shows I record because mm-hmm. <laughs> I do still record. <laughs> anyway, this was a good topic. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. We've, we have literally talked mostly about this. And I think we we've basically what we talked about. It was basically as long as the episode itself. It was actually. Yeah. You're getting into that uh, realm of a. 
was a red letter media does a, a, a two and a half hour like review a of a two hour movie. <laughs> Not even yeah. like it's a full on documentary review. Crazy. So, but uh, All yeah, I cool. Can say is I enjoy it. And you know what? It's been nice to have a little bit of a groove. Like last week we talked, you know, the, the last one we talked about, uh, you know, upcoming, like things from Comic-Con and the upcoming mm-hmm. Comic-Cons and, I found a, a a local author who t- was doing fantasy and got a book to, you know, diving into uh, our different collections and stuff. This is remember how you were worried when we did our fiftieth uh, episode about getting stale. This is not getting stale. That <laughs> helps. Ah, I'm no. serious. No, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. Um. No, I mean, there's just there's a lot to talk about and there's more stuff coming down the pipeline every day, which is crazy. And you know, by the I mean, way, and we have our own original topics that we pull together, too. We do. I think one of the uh, one of our better moves was talking about our personal projects and then some of our nostalgia stuff as well. I mean, <laughs> dude, we've got 80 episodes on the page right now. 81 is set to go off on Saturday, and this one will probably go off on, I don't know. I, I want it to be well, as up-to-date, as close to recording as possible, so I'll know, probably have it come out I Monday. Te- technically, aren't, aren't we at, like, 82 episodes? Because we have, like, a This bit is of the 82nd issue. episode, or something like that, yeah. Like, literally, everything oh. is edited and up and about to be published, except this episode right here that we're recording. <laughs> so... I've got one what? more to be published, and then this episode? episode. Yeah, so. Yeah. So we have two more that need to be up. Gotcha. Including this one. Including so, I mean, literally, there's just one in the pipeline. Yeah, but, dude, now we're up to, we're closing in 100 episodes. Yeah. I think a goal should be for us to get to 100 episodes before the end of the year. I think we can pull it off. What's that, 18 mm. more episodes? And maybe it's actually 17. 18. Yeah, it could be 17. Let's see. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Thanksgiving, we might be able to do one. So that's 11, 12, 13, 14, 16. Maybe, Maybe 15 if we do twice a week. Christmas. I mean, all, all of Christmas week, we're not going to be able to do, right? Or we could do more of Christmas <laughs> week. Who knows? Look, you're right. I mean, is it is it a... It won't make or break us, folks, if we don't get to 100 by, by January 1, 2023. But I think we can... I mean, there's more than nine weeks between now and then, right? Uh... Not really. Think about it. I mean, it's middle of October right weeks. now. Yeah, ten weeks eleven to, get to the end of the year. Ten weeks to get is October thirteenth today. So we've got uh, yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That brings us to the first week of uh, December. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. We've got eleven weeks left in the year. Yeah, eleven weeks. He can. Uh... We can try. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. That's all we can do. 
Hey, I'm good. <laughs> well, don't let me stop you. So, all right. Well, on that note, everybody, I think we've got an interesting topic lined up for next time. And uh, that's that's the tidbit I'll leave right there. Uh, partly suggested by our female producers, i.e. our wives. Um, ah, this, this one was recommended by yours, I believe. Yes, actually, that is correct. So, on that note, everyone, you can find us at Twitter uh, at Those Sci-Fi Guys and uh, Gmail at Those Sci-Fi Guys at gmail.com. Go to www.thosescifiguys.com for previous episode information and any potential news, which we haven't actually made any announcements on the website, but you can still go there. It's all right. I am P.S. McKay saying thank you and so long, folks. Yeah, folks, this is DT Catman. Appreciate everything. And we'll see you on the high ground. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Catman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.